welcome to episode 17 of Tiff's monthly movie loot, where I see a bunch of films to give them praise or just the boot. This episode marks the start of the second half of the year, so let's call it a second season. Like I said in the previous episode, there will be fewer episodes per month, but they will be a bit longer, so a bit more of me for all of you. We have nine films to talk about today, so let's get on with it. A blockbuster film. For this category, I saw 2019 Knives Out. I had heard and read a lot of hype, so I was looking forward to it. The film follows Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, a detective that is investigating the death of a famed wealthy writer, played by Christopher Plummer, the night after a large family gathering. It features an ensemble cast in the roles of the writer's children, grandchildren, and house employees, all of which are potential suspects in the murder. Overall, I can say the film was a lot of fun. Ryan Johnson's fast pace and energetic direction keeps things moving, and the script is full of clever and funny quips. The supporting cast, which includes Jamie Lee Curtis, Tony Collette, Michael Shannon, Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, Don Johnson, Lakeith Stanfield, and many, many others, is impressive, and most of the performances are top-notch. Not all of them are used as much as one would expect. For example, Lakeith Stanfield, who I've seen a lot of films recently, I've really enjoyed his performances in other films, and here he is more or less wasted, but other actors like Chris Evans and Daniel Craig, they are perfect on their roles. Based on what I had read and heard, I kept expecting a bit more cleverness in the way the plot unfolded. Still, like I said, the film is a lot of fun to watch, and I really like how Johnson peppered a good dose of current social commentary in the story. A film about chaos and disorder. July 14 was Pandemonium Day, which is why I wanted to see a film that dealt with chaos. My wife found this animated film called Speckles the Tarbosaurus, some places it is also called Dino King, and thought it would be a good option for the kids. This is a Korean animated film that follows the life of a young dinosaur as it deals with all the hardships of growing up and living in a chaotic world. Now, our goal was to put something cute and fun for the kids, but I have to say it is one of the bleakest, most depressing children films I've seen, to the point that I was seriously expecting for it to end with the asteroid obliterating all the dinosaurs. It didn't though, but it still featured countless of moments of tragedy, violence, and well, chaos. For example, the death of most of the relatives of the lead dinosaur, lots of dinosaur kills and deaths, volcanoes erupting, destroying everything, tunnels and caves collapsing and killing dinosaurs, and so forth. Still, the kids were mostly into it, for better or worse. The older one even got to the point of bawling towards the last act after a particular death, but I suppose that means the film was effective. The animation is serious, not cartoonish, and pretty good. However, the film's length hinders the overall effect, and the pace feels sometimes a bit choppy as it does a couple of time jumps. It also features a voiceover or narration that felt awkward, and ultimately I don't think it was necessary. Not sure if it was an English thing, but I didn't like it. Maybe not something to get out of your way for, but if you have kids that are into dinosaurs, perhaps a bit older than mine, then this might be an option. A film with the word KISS in its title chose this category because of International Kissing Day, which was July 6, and went with 1964's The Naked Kiss from Samuel Fuller. This film follows Kelly, played by Constance Towers, a prostitute that hides in a small town while on the run from her pimp. Eventually, she decides to give up her lifestyle despite the attempts of the local police captain, played by Anthony Aisley, to take her out of town. 
which is ironic because he does have sex with her when she gets to town and before deciding to give up prostitution. But anyway, the film does manage to be a somewhat dark look into what can be called the facade of suburbia, as Kelly's constant attempts to do good are undermined by hidden perversions and corruptions in the town. Other than prostitution, the film does touch in some really dark topics like pedophilia and other perversions, and it does it in an effective way. The film manages to convey that sense with a certain lurid style to it. Director Fuller makes some conscious choices in terms of directing and the use of music that are quite effective. Some of the performances are spotty, but Towers carries most of the film as we see her struggle with her morals and the morals of those around her. A film from the 1001 movies you must see before you die list whose ranking includes the number 7. For this category, I saw The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. I rewatched it since it's a film I've seen several times, especially when I was a kid or a teen. I hadn't seen it in a long time though, but for the day I saw it, it was exactly what I needed. I was looking for something light and funny. The film follows Lieutenant Frank Drebin, played by Leslie Nielsen, as he investigates the involvement of a wealthy businessman, played by Ricardo Montalban, in the local herring trade, as well as an assassination attempt on Queen Elizabeth II. But obviously you all know that the plot is just an excuse for the constant barrage of jokes, slapstick, visual gags and puns that the soccer, Abrams soccer guys throw at us. The thing is that most of them work pretty well, from the silly to the clever. I thought it was interesting to see that a lot of the jokes that I found hilarious when I was 11 or 12, like driving, walking on the ledge of the building and touching the statues, they fell flat now, while others, like the verbal puns and gags, felt more clever now than they did before. Most of the cast have excellent comedic timing in their delivery, and the film really doesn't have much of a slow patch. It is really fun, a top-notch comedy. A Western film. Day of the Cowboy is July 25, so I wanted to see a Western film. Luckily, a good Twitter acquaintance, Jane Johans at Film Intuition, was recommending this film, so I decided to give it a shot. The film follows Link Jones, played by Gary Cooper, an aging former outlaw that is reunited with his old gang after a Bosch train robbery leaves him stranded. I had little to go other than Jane's recommendations, didn't know what to expect, but I really didn't expect the film to be so good. The film does deal with some serious and complex issues in terms of identity, who you are, and what you can't leave behind. But there's a simplicity to the way the story is presented, which makes it easier to focus on the characters and their decisions. For what it's worth, I think this is my first Gary Cooper film, but I've heard this is considered as one of his best performances. Regardless, I really like the way he conveyed a mixture of resolve with regret and self-doubts, if that makes any sense. The rest of the cast is pretty good as well, with Lee J. Cobb and Julie London being the other highlights aside of Cooper. The film does its best to avoid typical cliches and conventional tropes and feels more accomplished and mature than other films of the genre. And although I don't think the film goes full into depressed mode, there's still a certain bleakness or down-to-earth quality to it that I really appreciate it. Probably one of the best westerns I've seen. A film about sharks. And this is where we took Disney Plus for a spin. July is the month of Shark Week, so I wanted to see something about them, but since we had just started this subscription, decided to go with something for the kids. We chose Finding Nemo. Most of you know it, but it follows Clownfish Marlin, played by Albert Brooks, as he crosses the ocean trying to find his missing son, voiced by Alexander Gould, with the help of various other animals, including Dory, played by Ellen DeGeneres, a fish with short-term memory. This is one I've seen a couple of times, but we wanted to show it to the kids. They had already seen Finding Dory, but I think they enjoyed going back into this world 
I think the film's biggest asset are the characters, from Marlene and Dory to Bruce and Crush and finally the fishes in the tank. They are all colorful, unique and charming, and the voice performances are on point. Also the animation, the underwater animation is gorgeous. My main complaint is that I think the film lacks a proper climax and the last act sort of feels like it's on the same level as what preceded it. Still, it's a fun film and like I said, full of charming characters. The kids like it a lot and I enjoyed revisiting it with them. Freebies for the kids. Continuing with our Disney Plus inaugural ride, we went with one of their top choices in Toy Story. The kids are familiar with the characters, they even have the two lead toys, but I don't think they had seen the first film, so it was one of our main choices. As most of you know, the film follows Woody, voiced by Tom Hanks, as he struggles to maintain his position as Andy's favorite toy after the arrival of shiny Buzz Lightyear, played by Tim Allen. This feud leads to them being lost outside of the house and then having to work together to return home. One of the first things that surprised me, even though I'm obviously not holding it against the film, is the quality of the animation, particularly the humans, when compared to the newer films. To me, it was a bit distracting, but like I said, that's obviously not something I'm holding against the film for the time it was released. The animation was superb. It just caught my attention. The truth is that the film is an endlessly enjoyable film, full of great characters and excellent set pieces, from the escape of Pizza Planet and the confrontation with Sid to the final race in the car. Definitely a must-see for any fan of animation or films, period. As we continue browsing Disney+, Plus, my wife chose Onward for the kids. The film is set in a world where magic has become obsolete, replaced by modern technology, and follows elf brothers Ian, voiced by Tom Holland, and Barley, voiced by Chris Pratt, as they race against the clock to find a magic gem they need in order to bring back their deceased father, at least for a day. The film follows a certain formula that reminded me a bit of Up but does so with enough charm to make it work. The boys' performances are pretty good, and there seems to be a lot of chemistry between Holland and Pratt. The final revelation was very predictable, again, drawing some parallelisms with Up, with that message of what you want or what you wish for is right in front of your eyes. But like I said, it works on the strength of the characters. Finally, the last action set piece is pretty cool, and the resolution is very touching and manages to shave away some of that predictability that preceded it. The kids had a blast with it, and so did I. Any film that starts with the letters M or N. And now for the smoothest segue ever, from Finding Nemo, Toy Story, and Onward 2, The Midnight Mid-Train. The film follows Leon, played by Bradley Cooper, an aspiring photographer that, after being rejected by a gallery owner, starts pushing himself into threatening situations to take bolder pictures. This puts him in the path of a butcher-slash-serial killer, played by Vinnie Jones, that brutally murders random passengers in the subway. If the title and description makes this sound as some sort of gory splatterfest, well, it's because it is. Fortunately, most of the film is well executed to put it above the usual fare in the genre. Putting aside some spotty uses of slow motion and CGI, the direction by Ryuhei Kitamura is effective, with several good tense, thrilling and scary sequences. The initial attempts to bring up the duality between Leon and the killer and the parallelisms to vegetarianism are a bit clumsy, but Cooper is convincing as he conveys that deteriorating state of mind of the character. I also like how, despite offering some brief explanation to what's happening, the film really doesn't dwell too much in it, leaving more to the imagination. Finally, there is a certain boldness to the last act in terms of how much it pushes its envelope that I found satisfying as far as a horror films go. 
So that's all I got for today. We're still halfway through the month and I still have eight categories to fill. They are a film with the number seven in its title, a film from the 1960s, a musical, a film with America in its title, a film from Argentina, a film with the word world in its title, a film set in France, and a film from Gus Vincent. So if you have any recommendation you'd like to share that might fit any of those, let me know. You can look me up on Twitter at TIFCGT, T-H-I-E-F-C-G-T, or on Letterboxd as TIFF12. I'm pretty active on Twitter, so in addition to recommendations, you can also let me know your thoughts on the podcast or your opinions of the films I've discussed. Also, remember to like, follow, and share the link. And now for... Useless Movie Trivia. Director David Fincher is notorious for being very meticulous and precise in his filming process, particularly in the amount of takes he films for his scenes. Most of the actors that have worked with him can attest that he shots over 50 takes for every scene, when other directors average less than 10 maybe. During the filming of Fight Club, specifically for one of the fights between Brad Pitt and Edward Norton, Fincher had a stuntman film a fall down a flight of stairs 12 times, however apparently he ended up using the first take. Hope that poor stuntman was paid well. And that was all for... Useless Movie Trivia. So that's all for episode 17 of this monthly Movie Loot. Thanks again all for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. Listen, I gotta go, but uh, I wanted to tell you that it's been educational. Marta, will we ever see you again? I guarantee it. Well, Marty... I want to thank you for all your good advice. I'll never forget it. Right, George. Well, uh, good luck, you guys. <laughs>